0: Well, is 't that kind of fun though too on you know to be uh be a little bit more more experienced in the careers where you work with somebody that's newer and, you, and like you said you see the highs wide up and you see the excitement and then you also start talking through all the different things that we i mean we take for granted now and not that we're experts or that we're even good at what we do but just you know all those different things that we don't it's almost like second nature just when you
1: when you see it all day every day you just yeah you kind of I get bored of it but yeah it's it's not like fresh and exciting anymore if you start talking to it and showing somebody else what it is and how it's going and how the pieces come together and um
0: that's yeah, cool yeah, it really renews the excitement so
1: it does it, I, I kind of i kind of feed off of that so hey what's up everyone i think we're live welcome to the cm mentors podcast my name is matt graves my co-host eat tweaks kyle grandel what's up kyle
0: Hey, Matt. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the special holiday edition of the CM Mentors. It is. It's the which f- is kind of a joke, but.
1: <laughs> Friday before <laughs> uh, Memorial Day?
0: Yes, it is. Speaking of which, you got any plans, man?
1: Um, nothing major. Um, going to, well, I say that, but we got something pretty much every day. Uh, Friday, we're going to my buddy's one-year-old daughter's birthday party, which will take up all the day. Uh, Sunday, my niece is getting baptized monday i have a boat i need to get cleaned up to sell that i've been needing to do forever and I'm just get that done so yeah what about yourself
0: not bad um not a whole lot I'm, I'm back in south carolina heading over towards uh towards myrtle beach for the weekend got some lovely storms rolling in it looks like so it's perfect beach weather i mean it couldn't be any better that's awesome <laughs> man Good stuff. Oh yeah, looking forward to it. It's gonna be good. This is, is gonna be a fun one. I'm looking forward to seeing who who joins in here. Asks hopefully some good questions, and otherwise, I got some topics here too that I can grill you with, Matt. So for our for our listeners' entertainment,
1: I'm terrified. You told me you had some good questions, and I'm oh, afraid yeah. of what she's gonna come up with. So. Oh
0: yeah, that's good stuff.
1: It's really good <laughs> stuff. So if you're in the audience, uh, feel free to to. Post a comment. Let us know you're here. Let us know where you're calling in from or I guess listening from and um, ask away as we go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we'll get some, get some good comment. We had some really good stuff last time. We had Adam on. We had a bunch of, bunch of people chiming in. So hopefully we we'll get some more here today. Yeah,
1: that was a good one. Adam brought his whole
0: entourage, too. So it was it was cool. Oh, yeah, it was cool. I mean, that the guy Jesse did chime in, unfortunately, but I <laughs> can't get away from that guy sometimes. You can't keep Jesse down. Mm-mm. no, you cannot. So he's a good guy. Well, Matt, I'm going to, I'm going to start you off right away here. So as, as a CM, give me a good past week example of a struggle and then also a win. Anything that comes to mind here for, you know, on your end of things, something that was uh, frustrating, you pulling your hair out, turning gray.
1: Uh, my hair's gray enough. So I try not to get too much stuff to getting too rattled anymore, <laughs> but, uh, Man, it was a busy week, but I'll say it was a fairly chill week. Um, I don't have anything that probably want to make my hair pull out. Um, either that or I'm just ignoring <laughs> what I've done. <laughs> uh, a win was we had an intern start this week, so it was fun to get to know him. Um He's out here on the project site with us. And so uh, that was a lot of fun, kind of getting him to get out here, walk around, see his eyes, you know, first day on the job site type thing. So it was cool.
0: Oh, yeah, that's awesome. So so before before you get into me, I see what you're trying to do here, by the way. (laughs) um, Before we get into that, what do you guys do with your interns as far as like, you know, day to day stuff, getting them up to speed and kind of onboarding to the site? I'm I'm just curious.
1: Yeah. So um, I wish we had a little bit more formal internship plan program, but it's kind of just left up to the project manager they're working with to kind of put something together for them. But, um, you know, day one, they went to our corporate corporate office in corpus and did all their paperwork and um onboarding stuff and then day two we had lunch kind of meet and greet a number of people um and then he came out to the job site and <clears throat> we walked around just kind of showed him his first day at the job site was a double header uh, oac meetings um so he got to jump right in and kind of meet everybody and stuff like that and then so we just kind of walk around talking about the program talking about the projects talking about things um we have a a uh, project manager manual um that kind of you know explains the processes and stuff that we do as a company and so my plan with him is to kind of every week go through a chapter of that every week and then just kind of so it's not i gave him the book i I think he's read it all already i was like you learned it all he's like oh yeah Yeah, ready to go (laughs) and so that's the plan is to go through and uh just kind of uh break it up chunk by chunk so it's digestible
0: Oh, that's, that's awesome. And, and like, like when it comes to us too, we bring somebody new on, we do something similar. We have uh, I mean, not like a project management manual per se, but, you know, try to do some training and also have that, that day-to-day interaction. So they get to really, really see it at work on the site too. I mean, that that's the whole point of the mentorship, right? The CM mentors.
1: Yeah. So actually I forgot uh, yesterday I was, you know, we use Procore as a company. So I got them logged into Procore and I'm showing them what Procore is and um, which turned into a full blown lesson of, these are the drawings. You know what the plans are? We talked about all the drawings and here are specifications and then this is what the specifications are. And it just kind of, as you were talking about each module within Procore, it led to like a little mini lesson in itself. So it was kind of cool. He's a smart kid, so he's picking up fast.
0: Well, isn't that kind of fun though too? On you know to be uh, be a little bit more more experienced in the careers where you work with somebody that's newer and, you, and like you said, you see the eyes wide up and you see the excitement, and then you also start talking through all the different things that we I mean we take for granted now, and not that we're experts or that we're even good at what we do, but just you know all those different things that we don't. It's almost like second nature. You get to the when you
1: when you see it all day every day, you just yeah you kind of get bored of it yeah it's it's not like fresh and exciting anymore you start talking to it and showing somebody else what it is and how it's going and how the pieces come together and um
0: that's cool yeah it really renews the excitement so it does
1: i I kind of i kind of feed off of that so um when other people's when you're you know i think everyone does when you're around everyone who everyone's just kind of you're on a project everyone has been beat down like and you show up to brand new fresh and everyone's beat down you kind of just like hunker down like oh this sucks or you know somebody fresh comes in and kind of lifts all the excitement and stuff and it, it kind of does the same to everybody so
0: yeah toxic projects those are the ones that you you walk on say it's almost like you walk into the room in the trailer in the conference room and you can just sense it there's like clouds hovering there's rain that's about to let loose it's just toxic <laughs> We're, we're, a really quick shout out, Shiloh, Sandeep, Maria. Thanks for joining us. See in the comments there. Really glad to have you listening. What's up, Shiloh? From AGC in Austin. All right. Austin. I mean, it's All Texas, right. but that's okay. You know, it's, it's still,
1: <laughs> I lived in Austin for a while. Um, good place. I need to I'm catch up with Shiloh, though. We've, we've connected a few times on LinkedIn, but never actually chatted. He's a good guy. Awesome. And then here's, a, here's an Aggie. What's up, Sandeep? So, and we're representing Texas. Sweet,
0: good. Good. doing good. his
1: master's in construction management at Texas A&M. Oh, ah, wow, that's impressive!
0: And then we got a wave from Maria. Hey, Maria, hey, welcome, welcome. We have, we have everybody's listening in here, so um am looking forward to it. Um, please give us some good questions, otherwise, we're just going to be hey, hey, Eric, good to see you,
1: Eric, uh,
0: happy Friday. Um, we're just going to be kind of yapping here, so anybody, please give us some questions, otherwise, I got some. Uh, various topics that we can kind of cover here. So, really quick, Matt, to answer answer my own question to you. I thought
1: you were I thought you were distracting. Like, I was, I was, <laughs> but I decided to bring it back
0: on to buy us some more time here. Um, so, I would say um, one of the struggles on, for my weekends it's, it's kind of boring, honestly. But so um, had a work comp uh, insurance policy that we had an old carrier. And then we switched to a new carrier. And anyway, so now I have this, this um, the old carrier, actually, that we don't have the policy anymore. Well, now they're hounding me because they want to do like a, almost like an exit interview type of thing. And the guy <laughs> emails me this morning. And I, mind you, it's Friday morning on a holiday weekend. He says, yeah, um, I'm ready to come do your, he calls it an audit on Tuesday. And I'm like, whoa, 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 what do you mean an audit? like use that word that's a big word to me as a, as a business owner what that's do you mean scary so, word so we have some back and forth emails phone calls and anyways and, and long story short it's this exit interview thing i come to find out and then i'm like and he's like yeah well we could just do it virtually just send me the stuff by tuesday morning this big list and i'm like dude no it's it's, it's, friday, it's friday morning on a holiday weekend i'm not going to have my staff or myself work late for a previous insurance company policy uh, no I said that's not happening. And the next week, I can I can do that for you. <laughs> so.
1: Was it? I there's probably insurance people people listening, so I'll, I'll keep this nice. But is it just was he just fishing for information, or was it actually some sort of legitimate like we need this to close out your account type thing?
0: I think it's a legitimate like almost like an exit interview type situation where they they want to learn more about why the policy is ended or whatever. Um, but but <laughs> it, it's also like hey, you got you to understand, this is an old policy. It's not my current one. So when it comes to my list of priorities, I mean, I'm sorry, but you're pretty far down here, guy. So um, so that was a struggle. And then my win for the week, I would say, is... Uh, so my team has been doing an awesome job here just to brag about them for a minute here um, we've been doing some interviews for a new cm position coming up here to support some projects out in ohio and uh, we've over the last few weeks we've put together a really solid uh interview plan and process and they've been doing the first round interviews and any any good candidates come to me and morgan for a second round and I mean, they've just been killing it i just interviewed a guy today that he just seems like a really awesome fit so uh that's, that's awesome just, Yeah, it's a small company like that. It's a big win to get that interview process in place and have it be, you know, as far as we can tell, a good one.
1: Well, you just took the wind out of my sails because the only agenda I had was to ask you how your interview process was going. So,
0: (laughs) all right, well then we're We're running out of here, everybody. We're done.
1: (laughs) Ten minutes in, of course,
0: just get all the high points. Let's
1: Uh, see. Actually, we got a question from Shiloh. See if we can't get this up here. Just speaking from safety, is it feasible for a for a CM to truly vet subs based on safety ratings? I.e., will you go with a higher bid of a company that has a good safety program versus the guy is questionable, but the lower on the bid? I'll let you go from your perspective there.
0: That's a really good question. And um, so my answer is going to come from kind of the process that we have to go through working in the industrial manufacturing world. So we have to go through a company called ISN or ISNetWorld. And they essentially act as a gatekeeper for these large manufacturers. And we basically, as a company that wants to work for a manufacturer, we have to submit our safety programs. We have to submit our OSHA forms, our 300, 300A forms, reports of any injuries, incidents, et cetera, et cetera. How many working hours did we have for employees? All the, you know, um, any TRIR ratings, all the, the safety ratings. It goes to this company first. Then from based on that we get assigned a rating like a letter grade if you will an A through F um, just like in school A is good F is not so good um, but C's get degrees no, I'm kidding um, so we get assigned this 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 category this letter grade and then based on that um, we that's kind of how we get vetted to these manufacturers to these, to these clients of ours so they see these ratings when they want to invite us to bid on a project and so going to Shiloh's point here. Um, It definitely is a big deal. And um, I think it is feasible to vet subs based on ratings when using a system like we have to use with ISN, when there's a formal program to submit um, all of your paperwork, all of your, your, um, you know, your injury incident reports, anything like that. Um, Now, with that being said, if you don't have like, like, like a big software company that handles it like we have to deal with, then I would say it still could be feasible, but that's where you have to be clear on the bidding process of, you got to ask for the documentation you need. And then furthermore, when you get it, of course, you got to review it and then make the suggestions appropriately. So Matt, what do you think on that one?
1: You just, I mean, you got way more experience in vetting via safety than I do. Cause I could have never went in that level of detail that you have, but yeah, I know a lot of clients, you know, if you got a certain safety rating, um, you know they don't even think about you they just your your proposal goes in the trash you know um so yeah i mean shiloh probably has i know he, he's in the safety side of things he probably has more uh experience than probably either one of us does but but yeah it's, it's kind of a funny thing where safety has become and this is kind of going to his next point this is you know he says i know the paper correct answer but let's talk the real deal nice. you know it's it's funny like i got a buddy um and buddies that you know own small businesses right and their whole business revolves around their google rating and if five stars on google and if somebody gives them a three star they contact them see what they can do to make it right to get it a five star right it's just like there's a game being played there you know because if if your review gets low it's almost the same with safety ratings where i don't say there's a game being played um but you know that safety rating rules the world. In some, you know, some it'll put you out business if your safety rating gets too. High, especially if you're doing public work and that sort of stuff, you can't get any more jobs. So it's um, it's a very interesting that I don't know enough about, but it's a very interesting <laughs> topic.
0: Well, it's a great question. And it's I mean, you're right, Matt, it's a really interesting topic. And I don't think there's a lot of people that really do know it unless they have to deal with it day in and day out. And and that one too, I should also I should clarify part B to what I said earlier, that those ratings A through F, I mean, yes, A is good, F is bad. But there are variances, depending on the company. So even if you have maybe, let's say a bad rating, it is still possible, of course, to get a variance with that company, if they really want to work with you. So but, you know, that's a, there's a lot, of, a lot of different parts to that. It's like the culture of the company and it's, uh, I mean, how well do you know the team and the project manager and what's your relationship from past experiences? A lot of that factors in too. It's not it's not usually a black and white case, I guess, is what I'm trying to say.
1: No, and I, I mean, there's people who make whole careers around that alone, right? And so when I say I don't really know enough about it, it's <laughs> there's so many things around the construction industry that, like, Man, there's people who just do that all day, every day. And then uh, Eric's got a throwback. That sometimes D's get degrees
0: as well. <laughs> okay, I thought we already covered this in Eric's episode. It was a joke. Anybody listening? We don't. We don't actually mean that. <laughs> <Unless you're Eric. laughs>
1: Did we ever give Eric a final grade? I asked. I pulled the audience
0: and. Well, I think the grade just went down, if you're asking me. <laughs> he's a pretty good guy, I guess. So Eric's a good we'll guy. We'll guy. keep it up there for the time being. I mean,
1: I give him an A- because you always have room to grow.
0: That's good. I like that.
1: I like that. Eric says, what makes a good candidate for your interview process? I guess he's Ooh. talking about if he gets through your first line of defense. Sure,
0: sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so we have what what we feel is a pretty standard process in place right now we have come up with. And I mean, there's a, there's there's the first screening, if you will, the initial screening, which is looking at the resumes, making sure that it actually lines up with the job description, with, with the position that we posted for. Believe it or not, you'd be surprised at some of the wild stuff that you see. I mean, you know, our construction manager position, we had a guy apply that was like like in, in real estate. Like not even the right same industry in the industrial or in manufacturing or anything, and and it's I mean it's not just about the experience, but you, I mean for this is a this is a somewhat leadership type role like for a construction manager, you got to have at least a little experience um, to get past that that first part for that screening. So once once they get past the resume. Screening, and we we verify that they have at least you know somewhat applicable experience to the role, and that things you know look to be good. I mean, and honestly, things like formatting are important to us. It, it doesn't need to be a great or a perfect format, but it should be something that shows there was some thought put into it. I you know spelling, grammar mistakes to me are a red flag. If you're not spending the time on your resume to make it look good and follow proper, you know, proper English grammar and punctuation you know, for, for our country and our work, for what we're doing, then that tells me you didn't put a lot of time and effort into it. So how are you going to actually do on a job site for stuff that's really critical, writing emails to clients, um, publishing reports? And so getting past that resume screening is kind of the first step. Then we get into the interview process and we start talking about, then for us, it's all about competencies um, and culture. So, how do the competencies that are needed for the position, uh, maybe it's project management, maybe it's teamwork, maybe it's um, priority management or, or um, you know, like customer focus, those are some examples. So, those could be some competencies, but then, of course, the culture is, you know, how do the questions and how do the answers fit in with, with us as a team as well? So, kind of trying to keep that answer a little shorter instead of going into more detail. I think it was Good. Good. Hope it was good for you too, Eric. <laughs> what else do we got?
1: Let's see. What's up, Josh? Hey, Josh? Josh actually, he just got a big promotion in the last week or two. So congrats, Josh. Hey, congrats. He says, let's discuss the importance of following the contract. For example, when things are good, are we more likely to ex- accept scope gap without a change order?
0: Okay. Yeah. What do you think? I think you should take the first crack at this one,
1: Matt. <laughs> I think he's talking about Josh. Maybe the wording is a little funny. Maybe not completely getting it. But when things are good, I think I think you're talking about like when you have a good relationship with the with the owner with the client. Are you going to accept um, a contract that has some scope gap in it in the contract, right? Maybe they don't spelling out all the all the um, all the terms and all that, or maybe all the conditions. Um, I even on when things are good. I don't know. It's you don't want to ruffle the feathers up early whenever you're still kind of in the honeymoon stage. But I've been burned too many times on a contract when when things go south fast. Um, and then it's like, well, it's not in the contract. Or I've seen this happen too, where the guy that you're working with, you know, he's an executive at this company and you work out the deals of the contract and yeah, yeah we'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. No, we don't even put that in the contract. We got you. We got you. And that guy gets fired. That guy leaves. The next person comes in, they don't know and they don't care about all your handshake deals. And so they say, well, I don't, your contract says this. I don't care about whatever so-and-so made. He's, he got fired for doing this sort of thing, right? And so <laughs> now it's like all your handshakes are, don't mean anything. Yeah. Um, so I like to have it all, I don't know. I like to have it all written in the contract, you know, and it just, you can even explain to them like that in my opinion. Like what happens if you get by a bus and the next person comes in and they don't know these things. Um, I think you can do that without, if you if they you have a good relationship, they should understand.
0: Well, exactly. And that's, I mean, my answer was going to start with that exact same word there is relationship. And and to me, it, it comes from, you know, it kind of stems from building trust. And the relationship and the trust you build, it all comes from, I mean, a lot of the times from past experiences, from uh, whether it's from uh, actually working firsthand and experiencing that person on, on a job site and how they operate, or maybe it's word of mouth. Which, which, you know, different different type of experience, not necessarily a one-to-one in person, but it's through somebody else. So you have that relationship and that trust that's established. And once you have that, and you know, someone's going to take care of you, you're more likely to take care of them too. I mean, that's just, that's the way these job sites are. I've had that exact scenario where I have contractors, you know, as an owner's rep, I have a general contractor I'm working with that we found something that wasn't exactly spelled out very well in the scope, it could technically probably be a change order, but they also know that we're going to take care of them. We're going to go to bat for them with the owner make sure that they're taken care of on things too, and so they say you know what we're just going to take care of this it's not a big deal it's a, it, it's a few bucks on the grand scheme of this scale of this project. And, you know, because we trust you and we know that you trust us, we're going to just take care of this, you know, more or less off the record kind of a scenario for you. Um, I mean, but it all stems back to that relationship and that trust. You got to build the trust. You got to establish a solid relationship. And then, I mean, the contract's always important every single time, always. But sometimes, I mean, there are gaps.
1: Yeah, it's there's always going to be some sort of gap, even on the best contracts, probably Mm -hmm. Um, the best. I mean, the best contracts I've seen is a lot of times too, where, especially on the contract where the project is, and maybe it's black and white, where the contractor can, they'll go in and, and they'll put a list of their uh, qualifications, right? I mean, it, and the more detailed the qualifications, the better, because that helps everyone understand where we are. Um, and they help. Okay. We assumed this, or we assumed that because the, the documents weren't clear and then it just it keeps it. And then you can work out those terms up front, like, oh no, 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 no. You assume that, but we meant this. And you can work it out before you get down the road. And now your your building comes to a screeching halt because you know you're fighting over some something that they assumed wrong, right? Mm-hmm,
0: yeah. Well, and, and last little point on that is you know, where the where the assumptions get tricky is when you have the embedded contractors, the ones that have been there for a long time, the resident ones doing a lot of work, yeah. when they know the scope better than maybe even the engineer that put the RFP together (laughs) because they know what it's going to really take to get the job done versus the new bidders that have been invited to this bid conference or this pre-bid walkthrough. And now you have these competing ideas of hey, this is what you guys say it's going to take, but this is really what it's going to take. And so, you know, how do you how do you handle that then? Do you tell them, hey, well, you got to bid the document, even though we know it's going to be wrong. You know, that's 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 the sticky situation that as a construction manager, we we got to manage sometimes.
1: Yeah, because that I mean, if they bid it the right way, they're not going to be a little bid either, probably right, because they're going to have to do just this, exactly this and right. this as well. So exactly right. Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Well, so let's see. Let's see if to can sand sand deep. Here we go. Because can Can you tell me how? And this is a. I'm going to tell you up front, Sandy, before we even get into it, this is a trick question. But can you tell me how the job market is going to be in the next six months? I'm planning to graduate this December. Any suggestions to find a full-time job? I'm currently doing my internship with Moss as a project engineer. I'm looking for a full-time project management path. I'm going to say first, if I knew what the job market was going to be like in six months, I'd be a millionaire. But it's, I'd be able to play the market just right. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I don't know. I mean, you hear, you read one article, right. And we're, we're heading into a recession or we're actually in a recession because of whatever indicators. Right. And the next one says, no, 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 that's all fake. Um, I I do think, you know, funding is getting harder to get. um, But at the same time, I think there's certain um, niches or certain um, industries, not industries the what I'm looking for sectors. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a lot of infrastructure, they're pumping a lot of infrastructure bucks into the economy. Um, You know, High rise commercial buildings probably aren't building anymore. Like they were, it depends on what area you're in In downtown Austin. They have still got a dozen tower cranes up, you know, it's a off to tell us, but I mean, you could just, they're everywhere. Um, some other areas that's, that's dried up, um, you know, New York city, they're not, they're working on converting all their old high rise office buildings into residential towers. Um, there's a big changeover like that happening. So I think, I think in six months, I think it's, you're gonna be fine. I think, but who knows? Um, I mean, I graduated college in 2010 as we were coming out of the last recession, and you couldn't find work. So I don't. I knock on wood. I hope it's not going to be that way. But um, it's too early to tell, man. I don't know. I'm not an economist by any means. But what are you seeing, Kyle?
0: Uh, well, I, I think your answer's spot on. I think it's it depends on the sector um, because they all react so differently to the mm-hmm. changes with. The government, with the global economy, with the needs and the policies and the legal and blah 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 blah. So, anyways, but sector-wise, they're just they're different. So it depends on which sector you're looking at and which sector you're focusing on and which sector you you, you know the sandbox you play in. Yeah. Um, and that's really what what's going to t- determine the direction. And but even then, how do you predict it? It's it's really hard to do that. Like for example, I work in in industrial manufacturing, and thankfully, I mean, wow. knock on wood food and beverage, um, from what I'm seeing, hasn't slowed down. And, you know, pandemic actually kind of increased the need for that because people were staying at home more and eating more, eating more food at home and cooking more meals, et cetera. And that's been really good. Um, And that's what I've been working in. But it's not to say that it won't go down in the next year or the next two years. It, it all, it's supply and demand. It's just um, you kind of have to wait and see what's going to happen and look at different indicators. And it's 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 just it's just difficult because you, you know different sectors react so much differently.
1: There you go. Go down to Austin, Shiloh. Just take the trip from car Station to Austin. They got thirty-six tower cranes right now. <laughs> it's I think a lot of it's geor- geographical too, right? Just follow the money, and there's going to be work somewhere. It feels like yeah. it. Um, you know, Texas is booming. Um, you know, Houston's going crazy. And so it's uh, Alex says the job is at Sandeep. So the job market looks to be picking up in certain areas. Depends where you're looking to take a job and type of company you're looking for.
0: So, yeah, kind of Good. the same. Yeah, yeah. Good it's confirmation
1: right there. It's just yep. fo- follow the money. It's <laughs> wherever the money's flowing.
0: <laughs> well, and there's definitely no shortage of construction work. I mean, you look around anywhere and you're going to see it. But again, it just depends on which sector you're in. Yeah, roads are torn up freaking everywhere right now. I don't know if anybody else is seeing that, but no matter where I go. Yeah, and
1: I think it's the same crew doing it all, too.
0: (laughs) No kidding. Must be. It's taking forever.
1: Where's Jess? We need Jess back on here. Jess. You can build us some bridges. (laughs) He was going to join, but he sent me a message. He couldn't make it. He's out fishing. I was like, all right, I'd rather be where you are. (laughs) All right. Tyler says, What's up, Tyler? It's another guy I haven't really been able to connect with very much. Um, I see him on LinkedIn. but uh, Relationships and past experiences matter both within the parties involved as well as how the parties have treated others' past clients, partners in the past.
0: Yep. Well said. Well said. Well said. All right. So, Matt, I have another question for you here. Go for it um so and, and i have to bring it up here because we we have to talk about it we got to talk about it live here you're 25 hacks so <laughs> and, and i wanted to bring this up because you you sent me a text the other day i mean you're getting some awesome views on it some great engagement i mean that that article is killing it man so uh really quick before we go into some more questions here i just want to know a little bit about that i mean you did this originally what a year ago is that right uh, with, with a smaller number or what, yeah. what's the background
1: yeah, so uh, it's – I guess I know what it feels like to go viral on LinkedIn. I've got – it's not – I mean, 200 – I'm over just over 200,000 impressions. So I was like, holy oh, crap. Whoa, um, don't forget me. And, yeah, keep, keep <laughs> holding on there. <laughs> not going anywhere fast. Uh, no, no, but it was cool. Um, yeah, no, so last year, last fall or something like that, I, I sent one out. It was, like I think, it 20 – it was 22 hacks, and it was – this is the river, you know, I kind of revised it, and added a few more because like from, and really I kind of took it from a few of our guests to, and you know, as we say, Hey, what are some ideas? You kind of stole some ideas from our guests, but thank you. Um, collaborated, anyway, you collaborated. with some ideas. Anyway, <laughs> some really good stuff that some people have said on the podcast and kind of added it to it and which made it grow to 25, um, kind of revamped some of the old ones word them a little bit better. I kind of liked, but yeah, I did it last fall and it got a pretty good, um, pretty good attention. And then I went through and kind of wrote and expanded. So it's just basically 25 lines. Right. And I went through there and kind of actually made a post for each one um, for 22. And it was, it was easy content. Right. Cause I had a heading. and just got to go filling it in. So I did that last year. And then I was thinking like, man, like my followers on LinkedIn's probably tripled since then. Cause we started doing this podcast, started getting a little bit more attention um, and we're, you know, doing all this sort of stuff. I was like, I really need to put that out again. And it's really good timing too, because there's, you know like we got an intern here and uh we got you know there's interns entering the market there's a whole bunch of people graduating right now i was like this would be a good timing. just just get this back out there again so i put it in the newsletter last week and then i um put it on linkedin and then i went to bed and i woke up and it was like i was famous um, but, but no it was it was cool um i've got a lot of, i mean it's this the funny part about it is nothing there's no rocket science in there it's all the simple things And that's actually what I'm writing right now uh, for the newsletter for tomorrow is like essentially just do the simple things right consistently and you'll go a long ways. Um, And that's really all those hacks are. I call them hacks because I thought that would be a little fuzzy (laughs) and clickbaity, But (laughs) it seemed anyway. um, But there's no rocket science in there. Um, But, yeah, a lot of people are saying, man, these are great for any industry. These are great. And really, they're great for. I got to remind myself some of them sometimes, and many of those on there I'm not great at. I'm not going to even pretend to be great at them, but it's something I'm trying to get better at all the time.
0: Well, and isn't there a saying in in a lot of like movies and television sh- television shows, like, hey, let's let's go back to the basics. Let let's get the basics down solid if we want to make some real progress, make some real improvements. I mean, to me, that's kind of, I mean, yeah, let's really nail down these fundamentals. Let's really get these core things down, and then once we have those, then we can really start to make a big difference. Because a lot of people screw those up. It's
1: very easy to, especially yeah. when you're on a project and your hair's on fire and everyone's tensions are high it's is really easy to you know forget about being empathetic or forget about going out and like getting to know the guys in the field right like you just want to come in go to your office lock the door and be a keyboard warrior you know <laughs>
0: yeah Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Well, and and before we leave that really quick here, are there any of those any top ones there like that really stick out in your mind? And, you know, uh, like like if you're going to pick a top three or even just a top one or something like that, that uh, you know, good for the for the listeners to hear about.
1: Man, the the number one one is number one one is uh, RTFC, read the F in contract. Right. And that's probably the biggest thing most people don't do. And there's a reason I put it number one. Um, and it's, you know, I'll have people come up to me, you know, like say a junior project manager, assistant project manager, something like that. It's like, what should we do here? I'm like, I don't know. What does the contract say? You know, like every contract is going to tell you what to do. What does it say to do? Um, and then the contract is also all the specs, all the plans, all the everything, right? It's all tied together. So if you don't know, I mean, you signed up to do what this paper, this, all these documents tell you to do. How can you do it if you don't know what they say? And so that's probably the biggest one that I see a lot of people just don't do well enough um, or don't do consistently enough. Right. Um, another one was we've talked about this on here before is just if you if you hear something you don't know, especially when you are starting out, write it down and go Google it. I mean, that's that's really how I kind of got my feet under me when I started out doing federal contracting and you're sitting in meetings and they're throwing out acronyms and acronyms of acronyms and all these sort of things. I'm just constantly just writing stuff down, go to the back to my desk and Google it just so I don't feel like a complete idiot next time I go to the meeting, right? And at least I know what at least I know what the acronym means. I don't mean I don't know what yeah. the rest you're talking about, but start yeah. putting the pieces of the puzzle together. Um, and then another one, uh, man. There's a whole I don't have it in front of me. There's a bunch of good ones, but um, keeping a follow-up list. It's something I got um, from David Allen's Getting Things Done book. Um, you know, he says obviously you need to keep your to-do list, right? but also a follow-up list because a lot of times what happens is I I, even when I'm busy and I don't keep a follow-up list, it's one thing I try to do, but I forget about doing sometimes. Right. So I'll send you an email, Kyle, Kyle, I need you to do X, Y, Z. And then it's off my plate, you know, but if I don't, if I don't remember that I gave that to you and then you dropped the ball, well, I dropped the ball because I kind of delegated it to you. So we all failed. Right. So Mm -hmm. there's kind of tracking that. And so if in a couple of days, Hey Kyle, did you get that? Oh yeah, 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 I'm getting to it. Or it, it can tickle that. Maybe you had a question, but you know, it can kind of keep, keep at least keep the ball in the air instead of just somebody completely dropping it.
0: Yeah. So. Well, that, that, well, that's a really good point. And, and I do remember talking about that, but it, it is worth saying again, is, is that follow-up lifts, because I mean, just like you're saying, if, if, even if you delegate something, and it, but it doesn't actually get done, you don't actually close that item. Yeah. Guess what? It's still open. It never got done. And so if the last person your client talked to was you, well, guess who didn't get it done? It was you. Uh
1: mm-hmm. yeah. huh. And so it's sometimes. I mean, when everyone's hair is on fire too, it's easy for balls to get dropped. So being able to at least kind of have that list too to kind of you know have a little tickle reminder for everybody. It's. Yeah. Um, That's it's a good, good point. Did you? Uh, Do you have a favorite out of that list, or a couple of favorites?
0: Well, honestly, so so the contract one, and I think I think you wrote about that one as well um on on a separate post but that one to me was also really critical because just like you're saying about knowing what to do from the contract but it also tells you a lot about how the parties are structured and kind of the relationships that you can expect on the project because depending on the type of contract and how it's written and where the risk is shared where it's not shared it'll kind of give you some cues and some clues as to maybe a direction the project could go and so with that you can kind of see you can kind of see that direction developing, and you can start to see. All right, we're starting to see scope gaps here, but it could be because of this. We, you know, this is a this is a design build project, but they're not treating it as a design build project when they should be, or they're you know kind of mixing up those project delivery methods. To me, I see that happen a lot, where people are especially around design build, um, the owners, the clients are confusing design build with with what Matt Matt Fetter likes to talk about the true design build. Really coming in, giving you that that the more or less turnkey um, type solution where it's like, well, that's not really what a lot of um, companies are actually asking for or, or expecting or doing. So confusing the contract language and thinking you're into a different type of contract than you really are to me is a is a big one. So I, I that was, I mean, not to steal steal what you said, but it was a really good one that it's really good for, uh, for people to know as they're getting into the, into the field.
1: Jeremy Harrison liked it too. Yeah, put it in every one of your emails, Jeremy. They'll all they'll, 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 <laughs> yeah.
0: appreciate it. Here we it. go, Jeremy. And
1: then Alex, that's really, he said he loved the list of 25. I really wish I had did that when I entered the job market. And that's really kind of why I did it in the first time. It was like, man, these are things that it took me a, over a decade to learn. And a lot of times you had to learn the hard part. You had to learn it. You had to learn to be empathetic because I wasn't. And, you know, and just... Yeah you know and just so over time you kind of learn a few things and you know you've fallen off your bike skinned your knees you learned you got yourself back up and so trying to make it a resource hopefully somebody you kind of and really the whole podcast and really kind of everything we're trying to do is, is just that is trying to like give a stepping stone for the you know those coming into the market
0: yeah exactly well and for anybody who's listening that hasn't seen it yet it was uh 25 hacks to win as a young uh sorry go ahead yeah. matt yeah, twenty five hacks.
1: Twenty five hacks to win as a young construction professional. Um, it was in the newsletter. There's actually a downloadable PDF in, in last week's uh, Construction curiosities newsletter. So selfish plug, I guess. Go to constructionyeti.substack.com. Subscribe, and uh, but in last week's uh, newsletter, it was a downloadable link in there as well. And so it's it's on LinkedIn.
0: And so if you haven't seen it yet, you need to. It's it's a really good read. If
1: you haven't seen it yet, I don't know how you haven't. It seems like everyone shared it. I was like, holy crap. So it was exciting. <laughs> I guess sure. I mean it it's, it's I guess it uh it resonated with folks. So that's cool. Well, from the from the construction Yeti himself. <laughs> uh Ehab says, What to do to get an internship as a project coordinator? I'll let you you want to take a step? Well,
0: I, I, I think you, you know, as far as applying for any position, it's, it's, it's about the net, the net that you're going to cast. And, um, I think you have to find the right companies to apply with, um, that, I mean, obviously that, that have the need to begin with number one, but then number two, that, that fit your culture, your values and fit the type of work you want to be doing. Um, as now you know that's that's the company you're going to apply for now to actually get it of course now we're into the discussion of getting to the interview process having the right background right skills and so you know maybe that's more of the question here is is how to how to develop the skills but i guess you know what i've seen in construction industry especially is that you pretty much have to come into it and you have to accept um, whatever position you can get so you can start working your way up to get those skills and start learning about it from somebody that has them. Um, and so maybe if you want to get a certain position, in this case, the project coordinator, you may not be able to, you know, just apply for one if you don't have the experience and show it because an employer like me is going to say, well, I'm sorry, but I need somebody that I don't need to teach how to do this. I need somebody I can put on the job that can just do it. So you may need to start kind of at, at the more ground level, and, you know, start at, the, start at the basics. Here we go, Matt. We're full circle already. Start at the basics and work your way up from there. But, Matt, what do you think?
1: I, you've always heard it, but I've seen it more and more lately. It's all about networking, too. It's not a, it's not what you, I mean, yes, you got to know the basics. You got to know what you know to do, but a lot of times it's not what you know. It's who you know. Yeah. Um, you know, if you know the right people or you kind of get introduced and, you know, somebody vouches for you, well then you kind of get pushed to, especially if the job market turns south and things do get harder to get, then it's it's definitely going to be good to like have, have a reference, have, you know, have a foot in, have, you know, to, you know, at that point. Um, Cause when there's, hundred job posts for, or hundred job applications for single you know posting like man it's just a stack of resumes um but if you have a personal connection with somebody and i'm a huge proponent of you know making i mean obviously i am because i'm doing it all the time but uh making content on linkedin um you can really expand your network fast on there um you know put out some you know some thoughtful content engage on other people's content um get in there and just even if you know, make some posts, but get in there and leave thoughtful comments on other people's uh, posts, and they'll start to recognize you. Um, if there's a company you want to go go work for, and one of their, you know, say vice presidents makes a bunch of posts and he's active on LinkedIn, go make a call on every one of his posts. Something thoughtful, you'll stand out. You, you'll probably rise to the top.
0: So. Well, that's that's a great point. I'm gr- I'm glad you brought up the networking because I'll you know I'll just speak on the, on the hiring side of things, especially I mean right now we're hiring. Um, as a business owner and somebody who's hiring, it's it's also a much bigger um, much bigger deal to me if I have somebody that, that there's some kind of personal or network connection um, that comes in, into the door to be interviewed versus somebody that I just have no idea who they are. And yeah. that's I mean that's just human nature. Is that I mean if there is that 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 trust level that's already been established to some degree, um, I'm going to be much more inclined to talk with them. Maybe even if the experience isn't as good. Um, because there's already some trust built up there.
1: Hiring is such a crapshoot, I guess, for lack of a better term. Like, you know, somebody's putting on a front, you know, for an interview. They can Like, you don't know who you're getting. So if you've got, if you know them ahead of time and you kind of start to know who they are and what they're about, I mean, it takes a lot of the risk out of it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and and the networking point too. Um, like, like you said, Matt, that was some great advice. Comment on their posts a little bit. The important thing there is to add some value. To look to the ideas and the and the information they're putting out there. That's going to get them to recognize you and and understand a little bit about you. And if there's a fit there, they may even come to you. Yeah, don't just go on their com- uh,
1: post posts and just put agreed. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly you got to exactly. st- stand out. you got to be thoughtful. you got to stand out, add value. So.
0: Yeah. All right, Matt. I'm going to put you on the spot here again for a question. Oh. oh, here. No, you know what? Let's do this one first, and then I got one.
1: All right. Tyler says, what certifications courses are you all seeing gaining traction as being recognized on the up-and-coming track? Uh, CAPM, Google Search, Procore, et cetera.
0: Sure. Okay. Well, I'll take a stab at this one first. So my, my thoughts are... At least for you know for what we look at and we're hiring right now. That's one of the things we look at is certifications. Um, and so ones that are big to us are uh, you know PMPs, CAPMs in this case, things of that nature. You know something that that's through the PMI, Project Management Institute, um, CMAA. So when it comes to the CCM or the CA, CM or you know the CMIT, we like to see those as well. Um, but there's also some good ones coming out now with with LCI, Lean Construction Institute. Um, there's, uh, there's, there's, registered scrum certifications, there's, um, AGC has, 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 uh, uh, project management certificate, um, certificates for construction. There's, I would say if, if you, in my opinion, if you want to pursue some certifications, I would go towards some of those big, uh, well-known established organizations and pursue theirs. Um, I'm not going to say that, like, um, you know, some of the Google ones and Procore, the LinkedIn ones aren't valuable. They could be good skills to have. But on my end of things, um, I don't know how well that information has been vetted by true construction Mm-hmm. Um, industry professionals. And so I'm going to trust the AGCs, the CMAAs, the LCIs, the organizations that are dedicated to construction. Um, and and what well, PMI too, um, PMP is of course very valuable. I'm going to trust those ones probably higher way I'm higher than I would of those others. What are your thoughts, Matt?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a PMP. I got a PMP certification a few years ago and it's even that, I mean, it's a good certification. It's highly regarded in the world, but it's, it's almost for, if you're talking construction specific, it's almost too generic. Um, I mean, it's, it's for all project managers. Well, there's project managers in every industry, right? And so even some of the questions are very open-ended, they have to be open-ended. CMAA, um, they've got a whole new, especially if you're on an up and coming, maybe you don't qualify, you don't have the years of experience to qualify for maybe the PMP or even the uh, CCM. Um, They have a whole kind of developmental track. Where you can be a cmit and a what do you call it cacm uh yeah. certified associate construction manager yeah. and they've got like different level i think cmit there's like there's a whole steps stepping steps ladder like level one level two level three level four and you, you can walk up it um so i think you know if if, if, you, if it's on your you know resume and you've worked through these things you know employer may you know you may not have qualified yet because if you're supposed to have I don't even know what it is. Four years experience for CCM, I think it is. Right. Yep. Um, and you only have three, but you've done all these other steps, and they're seeing this progress in your career. I think that's that's huge. Um, I mean, the Google certs. I, I, I mean, you can all get certified anything on Google right now. I think, but again, it's you're getting more general information. I think less construction information. So.
0: And I also feel like, and and now granted, I haven't, I'm going to say I haven't done many, if if any of them, but when it comes to like the Google search and the LinkedIn and stuff, and part of the reason that I don't value it a whole lot when it comes to, to looking at these positions I'm hiring for is because there's a lot of people that are scamming with them. And CACM with, with uh, you know, with PMP certification, CCM, you can verify, those, those can be verified. You can call up the organization, you can say, hey, we need to verify a certification for this person, and it can be done, um, assuming that it's, you know, public information. But like a lot of those bigger organizations, you can verify those certifications in the hiring front, whereas, you know, LinkedIn or Google search, I don't know what that process looks like. So I just don't know that I put a lot of weight in it.
1: That's a good point. Yeah. I know like PMP and, uh, CMA, they have a directory of all their, you know, I mean, you can just go, it's like a, just a database. If I can look up Kyle Grandel and see your CCM certification. And...
0: Right. Right. In other words, they're just giving them out these days.
1: So <laughs> <laughs> give it to electrician. They'll give it to anybody.
0: Oh yeah. Here we go again, folks. <laughs> all right. So Matt, I'm going to ask my question now before we jump into any, any others. So, um, cause, cause I had a, uh, a good a good friend of mine that I've worked with on some on some projects before. Uh, he, he comes from a manufacturing company, um, and he asked me some questions about. And he wanted to know a little bit more about um, communication. So he's been listening to our podcast, and his question was around uh, project communication. So us as construction managers communicating with the project team. With the project managers, engineers, architects, um, whoever it may be. And he kind of wanted to know a little bit about that for how we, you know, best practices, maybe, um, you know, some different ways, methods that that we do it that work well. So shout out to Greg for the question. Thanks a lot for that question. It's a really good one and really important one. Um, So, Matt, I want to turn this one on you first. What are some good ways that you communicate, you know, between yourself, project team, for the owner, you know, things of that nature?
1: Um, I think every project's a little different. There's no one size fits all answer to anything. Um, I think having the knowledge that every project's a little different and every, you got to speak the language of your audience, right? I'm going to talk to the owner in different words and terms and different ways that I'm going to talk to the contractor or I'm going to talk to a subcontractor or I'm going to talk to my own internal team or if I'm going to talk to the architect. Like being able, if I go out there and talk to the owner the same way I talk to the general contractor, the subcontractor, like, I may be using terms they don't understand, right? It depends on the complexity of your owner, right? Some owners, they don't know. They know you're building a building. So you got to use like a lot of analogies and like, all right. Um, I had a, I worked with a guy one time and we were remodeling an old school and he used this analogy to the owner and like their eyes got this big around, but he's like, because, you know, we don't have money to go fix everything. We were fixing pieces and parts kind of as we had the money, right? I'm like, okay, we're going to, uh fix this thing but this thing's still going to be good right and you know maybe it's a maybe it's a pump we're replacing the uh I can't think of an example right now but um anyway we're not replacing every component in the system um and but you touch this thing and then the next thing breaks it's like dominoes and so he used the analogy in front of him, with them that was like it's like it's like we have an old lady like on the surgery table in the eol in the o, uh in the emergency room of the or right and stuff's happening stuff like livers are failing and all these sort of things it's like i'm not going to stop and ask permission like almost just have to act right because and so um and just start to fix things and like we just have to do it we just have to act because things are you know as it goes um and that was a really rambling explanation but it was an analogy at the time that they understood right other than just kind of explain like okay well and start talking all technical terms like Okay, well, we got to do this because the pump failed and the pump failed and, you know, had this thing, you know, and just start talking over their head. Um, So, I don't know. I think the biggest thing is just really knowing your audience and talking their language. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) There's a long way to get to to there. No, I think I think it's a great answer, and I think we've talked about it before um, with with uh, with other podcast guests as well. And and it, I mean, it really comes down to uh, what we do a lot as construction managers is, of course. I mean, we work for our customers, we work for our clients. We have to. Um, kind of come into their processes their ways of working and understand that and then also i mean communicate effectively within that i mean it doesn't do me any good for example if i have a project manager who's very busy all the time doesn't have any time for phone calls or text messages um and only communicates via email for me to text them all the time i mean we we need to figure out how our um our teammates communicate the best what their best yeah. method is preferred method and there can be a lot of different things that drive that and then i think it's our job to understand that and and match it in the way that we have to to be effective
1: but also i, I will argue the point that even if somebody wants to text and email all the time like sometimes you still got to go and have face-to-face conversation with them and just because mm-hmm. a lot of stuff can get lost in translation when you're doing just text messaging all the time right um so just and knowing too i mean not everything you can't build a whole project via text message like some stuff has to be documented a little bit more formally (laughs) another way you know so well i sent you a text that this was a problem that your soil was bad like okay
0: (laughs) so no i definitely definitely agree with that point as well i mean and at the end of the day we're humans in construction there's yeah. a human interaction that gets lost if it's not in person, if it's over text message, especially over email. You you lose that sense of the emotion behind it. And mm-hmm. and if you don't understand the emotion, do you really understand where somebody's trying to get to and maybe why they're asking a question a certain way or what could be driving it? One of my biggest pet
1: peeves is if somebody I don't know how to say it's like gets onto you know, gets onto a subordinate, really, like if it, if that's a, that's a teaching experience. Don't send them a text don't send them an email. That is one of my biggest pet peeves. Like whenever you get like an email, that's like, you shouldn't have done it this way. You should, you know, and like, and two, it just, it feels like they're screaming at you via email too. Right.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. And because I mean, I've had it where you where I thought somebody was upset with me and mad at me. And so I'm sitting there stewing about it and I'm sweating and I'm getting anxious. And then I go talk to them and it's like, we're still best friends. I'm okay. I guess I just didn't know how to read your email, but it's just emails and texts. They're, they need to be used sparingly when it comes to those kinds of things, I think. Yeah, they can be dangerous. Yeah. So hopefully that helps a little bit there, Greg, with the question here. I mean, you know, project communication is a tricky thing. And you know, knowing your audience, well said, Matt.
1: I'm not going to read all these, but Shiloh has will, uh, Jocko Wilnick's 10 Rules to Be Strategic. Mm. Or be strategic. Go on the offense. I will read it. Go on the offense. Make your life better than a movie. Take ownership, seize your opportunities, believe, study leadership, be willing to do whatever it takes, get up early, stop lying to yourself. That's good stuff. Jocko's the man.
0: Good stuff. To take ownership. We talked about that a bunch on this podcast. That's a, that's a uh, recurring theme.
1: And I'll let you read the next comment.
0: I, I'm sorry, that's too small. I don't think I can read that. Um.
1: How do you get an electrician out of the way on the job site? Hand them a broom.
0: Well, if the other trades get out of our way when they're supposed to, it wouldn't be an issue.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, man, time's fun we're running up here on 54 minutes. Any other final questions before we wrap this up?
0: Or did you have any more questions, Kyle? Um, I think, yeah, actually. But I want to get into one more here with you. All right. Because this was um, so, I was driving down to South Carolina this week. I was listening to some podcasts and I listened to this really interesting one called All In, and it, it's um, it's hosted by a bunch of guys that were um, pretty successful um, over in Silicon Valley. Um, you know, kind of grew some companies up, sold them. Um, you know, I don't know much about their backgrounds aside from, I mean, they were they were very successful growing companies, etc. So very knowledgeable in the area, and um, where I'm going into is they were talking to about they were talking about AI, you know, artificial intelligence, okay. and and this is actually a couple of months old. This is when ChatGPT was really gaining some traction, and they were talking about AI and what it's going to look like in the future, and maybe some of the trends and things to watch out for. So I wanted to bring it up with you, Matt, as a conversation because I wanted to get your thoughts and gauge your curiosity on AI and construction. I mean, have you, have you seen much for trends about how it's being used or how people might talk about using it or, you know, cause it's really fascinating stuff. And I mean, chat GPT alone, I mean, people are using it like right now, like crazy. I mean, I, I use it all the time. I use it for various things, proofreading, editing, whatever, whatever, what's, you know, so forth. But when it comes to construction specifically, I don't know that I've seen a lot yet. So I want to just bring that up and see if you're, uh have some
1: thoughts some people are using it um i mean right now it's, a, it's still such a buzzword right um everybody's got an ai solution for everything and oh man there was a i put it in one of my newsletters and i can't remember the guy's name put together but he basically put it together in notion a uh, spreadsheet or on, on notion right a template mm-hmm. and he was adding every time I, everybody every time somebody would have an ai an ai tool he'd put it on a spreadsheet it was when I shared it, it was up to like 200. And then like three days later, I, I sent him a message. Hey, I shared your thing. It was cool. And he goes, oh, yeah, no, it's not 200 anymore. Now it's like 250. And this was it's probably up to a thousand now. Right. Because every time you blink, there's another AI solution. Um, but no, there's a few cool people doing some cool things. Um, Disperse. Uh, they've got a real cool thing where um, they actually they'll send people to your job site. Take 360 degree photos for you. Um, you know, they were they started without doing that. And then. They realized that a lot of people weren't taking their own photos. That was too much work. So they said, okay, we'll just take the pictures for you. So they'll send somebody to your job site, take your photos for you. They'll send them back to their office and they have a cool AI human element hybrid. Um, So they'll look at your photos and they'll basically adjust your schedule based on completion, based on what the photos are saying. They'll look for deficiencies. So they've got, it's in the magic box, but between AI and human interaction, they're basically training the machine with every photo they put in there too. But it's not just, you know, I don't know how much AI stuff you've used really, but um, you put something in and then it spits out garbage, right? Just because it's not smart enough yet. And so they're training it with their, they've got architects and engineers on staff that'll look at your pictures and say, hey, you've got a deficiency here or you've got a problem like your ductwork's works where your conduit's supposed to, actually probably the other way around, your conduit's where your duct work's supposed to be. That's the way it always goes. No, it's um, <laughs> And then so... They'll start throw up a red flag, right? You know, this doesn't yeah. match the model or this doesn't match the plans. Um, so they're like helping you with your quality assurance. And they're also, they'll also have a thing that shows. So if, you know, say you're a project executive and maybe you only have time to go walk the project once a week or whatever it is. They can show you where all the work's taking place. Say you've got a big high-rise building. It'll start showing the trades and what work has been taking place that week. So you'll know all the work was happening in levels three, four, and five. So you don't even want to waste your time almost going up to the upper levels, right? And it'll start showing that trending. So if, if for a long time you've got a whole bunch of work down working down here it's, it's just a just a check right you should still be maintaining it and maintain your schedules and all that sort of stuff But it's kind of another check another layer on top of it and you can already start seeing the flowing and they just unveiled a uh it's almost like a scrum board um sort of um but it's they'll automatically update your tasks based on the photos um so it's it's a pretty cool uh thing i like it i've never actually used it i've talked to them a few times i think it's cool um, but I like it because it's not just purely not relying hundred percent on the robots. It's a robot-human yeah. yeah. element, so um, I think I like that. Until they get the robots smart enough, um, there's people like uh, Jet Build. Uh, they've got a project management system, kind of like Procore, sort of. Um, they just came out with a a AI module, I guess you call it, where it'll write it'll write your scopes of work for you. Um, so if you're going out to bid, right, and you're building a building, it'll write your scope of work for all these things um, I don't know a whole lot of the ins and outs of it but it's something I saw they were just talking about the other day so so it's out there I think it's coming I think it's still really 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 early um, obviously everyone's trying to figure out what to do with the AI thing and how it's it's gonna make a bigger impact as as the world turns but um, and 99 point nine percent of all these AI solutions are gonna be bankrupt and <laughs> fail because they're It's not good enough, I guess. But yeah, no, some good ones are going to rise out of it. It's going to be cool to see.
0: Oh, well, that's why that podcast was so interesting because, I mean, these guys, they know their Silicon Valley stuff. They know their tech companies. They they worked, so some of them worked at Google, Microsoft, whatever, Apple. Like, they have the knowledge and the experience. They know what they're talking about. And so hearing them kind of talk through some of the different scenarios to look, look for in the future and how these companies operate at like a, a high strategic level, too, it was just fascinating. So uh, you get a chance to check it out called All, All In. It was really, really interesting. And, and anybody listening, too, you got any other cool tech things for construction you want to shout out? put them in the comments love to love to hear about them and do some research myself. So
1: yeah I've been nerding out on it. So um it's been kind of the whole construction technology stuff's been super interesting just to see the stuff people are way smarter than me, but the stuff they're coming up with.
0: um, Oh yeah like 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 electricians. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) They're not the Silicon Valley electricians. (laughs) No no. Uh. Well, if you ain't got nothing else, I guess we'll put a wrap it up there.
0: I think we're at about an hour here, so I think it's probably about time to wrap it up. Um, I appreciate
1: everybody joining us and participating. This one was fun. Um, we'll have to do it again, do another one of these live streams on LinkedIn again. Um, if you want to participate in all of the other, you know, all our podcasts, we do have a live audience, um, is if you go to constructionyeti.substack.com. And sign up there it's it's kind of the paid premium version um to be in the live audience of all the other podcast recordings so if you're interested go do that um and other than that i appreciate everybody and we'll see y'all again another another time
0: yeah thanks everybody for joining it was a good time it was fun talking talking with you again matt as always but uh keep tuning in everybody got some good stuff upcoming here good good guests coming on board here soon i'm excited yeah see y'all all right thanks everyone